I'm uh, joined today by a very dear friend of mine. I've known him now for, oh gosh, I want to say probably uh, maybe pushing two years now. Uh, we had the chance to uh, connect on the radio. I guess maybe it was early 2011, I think, is when we first really connected. Say hello to my friend Joshua Becker. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Well, it's a pleasure to be here as always, Todd. Nice to connect. Well, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, I think the last little project we worked on together was uh, you contributed a chapter to uh, a book of mine about uh, about uh, def- taking on and, and kicking fear's ass. So thank you for being a, a part of that uh, of that project with us. Uh, Joshua, before we get into it, uh, do take a quick sec and, and let the audience in a little bit about you and your background. Sure. I uh, The quick background goes I was living a pretty typical American suburban life until my neighbor introduced me to the idea of living with fewer possessions on purpose, which after living this way for three or four years now sounds funny, but uh, at the time I had never even considered that somebody would purposefully live with less stuff, but uh, we, she told me about it and we jumped in and said, I, I, I think that sounds about right for us. I could see just the possessions in our life were just taking up so much time and energy and money. And so I uh, began getting rid of everything, found, a, uh, found the term online minimalist. And so we started a blog that night just to chronicle our journey called becomingminimalist.com, which uh, has since morphed into less about our personal journey and more into uh, kind of a headquarters online just to encourage other people to begin living with less stuff and finding a better life because of it. Well, and and that's how I was drawn to you probably two years ago now was finding that blog that you, and it's called Becoming Minimalist. And at the time it was, and you know, when I got into the, uh, I'm a minimalist as well, and I try to live a life that's, that's simpler, uh, more purpose. And that's, and that's kind of your message now. It, it, the movement always, and you and I actually talked about this the last time we were on the radio together, w- w- there's too much impetus on the stuff and the things, and there's, but there's a real value to, to removing that clutter from your life. But, but I, I, I sense now that your mission is more about purposeful living as opposed to having less stuff. Uh, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's a great way to say it. Just a, a, a new intentionality in life intentionally taking a look at the the things that you're purchasing where you're spending your money you know but more than that just your your time and your energy and your focus you know rather than being sucked into just the the claims of our society and culture about the best way to live your life to um, you know really take stock of who you are and, and what you want to accomplish with it and then intentionally design your life around it yeah what we're here to talk about today though is your most recent book you've written three and I'm actually curious to hear your your take on on the mindset that you had when you were writing all three because they I think they have followed the same evolution that we were just talking about but the most recent book is called living with less an unexpected key to happiness uh, talk about the book why you wrote it Sure. Maybe I'll take a step back and, and just highlight the other two as you kind of describe the, Please do. the the evolution of thought. The the first book, um, Simplify, is almost strictly about getting rid of possessions. Uh, we had written it maybe a, a year and a half or so after getting rid of our things and just looked back at some of the, the key principles that, that we had discovered um, through the process, uh, put them in a book to inspire others to live with less. The second book, Inside Out Simplicity, is more of an inward journey. And I like to say, 
you know, the first trip to Goodwill with a van load of stuff was fine. Uh, the second van load of stuff to Goodwill was fine. But by the third or fourth van load of things to Goodwill, you start asking yourself some pretty hard questions like, why did I buy all this stuff in the first place? What was I hoping to find and hoping to fulfill? And so uh, that one I like to think takes a little deeper journey into the heart, um, gratitude and contentment and wrestling with some of those issues. The new book, Living with Less, An Unexpected Key to Happiness, in some ways is a combination of the two, but it's written for a brand new audience. So this one is written for high school and college age students, uh, the hope being to catch them before they get the car payment and the mortgage and the job that they don't like and catching them before they make some of those decisions. Uh, it's also far more spiritual than the other two. I'm a Christian and, and have been for most of my life. And so it, it takes a little view. It takes the view of scripturally speaking, you know, what does Jesus have to say about minimalism? And also how do we, how do we base our life upon that? So the, uh, it's a combination of the two, but the, the, the religious piece is brand new, and then also the, that it's tailored for a younger audience. And what's been the reaction from this younger audience? It has been, I say, uh, I used to say not, not as well, not, uh, didn't sell as many as I had hoped at the, at the beginning, but it occurred to me I, I wanted to be number one, so anything less than the number one selling book in the country would have been a, a disappointment. <laughs> but uh, the, the people who read it who who fit the, I should say that, whether, no matter of their age, if they come from a Christian background, a spiritual viewpoint, they tend to really enjoy the book and resonate with it. I don't know too many books have written from that viewpoint saying the things that, that I was saying in it. So it's pretty well received regardless of the, the age breakdown. It's a new audience for me. Uh, the, the website isn't, doesn't have a lot of teenagers reading it. Um, it's more families, that, that t- kind of that 25 to 45-year-age uh, demographic that, that reads the website. So it was brand new. They, they weren't people that were following me, and it's just you know, working its way out into you know, the word is spreading, I think, on it. Well, word to the audience. Uh, don't let the conversation that this was targeted towards a younger audience spook you. There's there's value here for anybody of any age. And while I, as, a, as a Christian myself, I, I saw a lot of value in, in the content about Jesus and, 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 how, and what he said about a simple life. Even if you're not someone of faith, uh, there's still some wonderful lessons in this book. So don't be discouraged by, <laughs> by any of those things. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful message. Uh, in, the, in the minimalism movement, Joshua, there's this perception that the, the, the more, some of the more popular thought leaders and writers in this space are, are generally people who are much are, are younger, probably in their twenties. They they've never really had a a traditional career, and they've never gone to a building at nine o'clock and left at five o'clock. Uh, a lot of them travel the world, and they live with stuff in their backpack. That's not that's not I mean, that's real because that's who they really are. But most people who who would benefit from these ideas and, and, and the simplicity of a simpler life and, and owning fewer possessions, it's, it, it, it impacts all of us. So you were always kind of known as the, as the, quote, family guy in that minimalist movement. All right, look, I actually have kids 
and I have a I have a wife. I, I you know I, a decision that made to to remove stuff impacts the whole family, not just me. Speak to to that different uh, position. Yeah, you know, not only do I have the the family, and there's a few people writing online that that have families. Uh, I I live in the suburbs, and I. I've always been fine living out in the suburbs, which is also a different mix. I'm not in the city where everything's walkable and public transportation and, and those different things. Um, but my my career, which I um, chose because of the, the meaning behind it and, and what I get to accomplish, you know, necessitates that I uh, live where I live and it helps me um, accomplish that. But uh yeah, I think that there is younger people who uh, who have their careers where they they travel and they don't need the the nine to five job. I think that the minimalism comes easier to them. Um, it just fits what they uh, what they want to accomplish in life. And my point um, has always been that no matter what your career is, no matter what stage of life you're in, your your greatest passion in life is more than just owning a bunch of stuff. I mean, deep down, what you really want to accomplish is something greater than owning as much stuff as you possibly can. And so I've always said, take, take this idea of minimalism, of living with less, and intentionally pursue what you most want to accomplish with your life. And if you've got possessions that are keeping you from accomplishing that, then then get rid of them, you know, intentionally remove them so they can't distract you from what you most want to accomplish. And, you know, for parents, it's they always go to their kids and they go to their family. And uh, that is what's most important to me. And so I um, have always tailored my minimalism um, around that, um, knowing what I wanted to, to accomplish with my life. It strikes me, Joshua, that there's, you know, the, the people who could benefit most for, I had Chris Gillibo on, on, on a radio show not long ago, and we were talking about why people struggle to find something to do that's, that is deeply satisfying and meaningful to them, that they, they just labor away unhappily in his nine-to-five job in a cubicle, and they struggle to, to do something with purpose. And, and, and I, and I kind of said, well, is it, is it because most people just don't have a real clear idea of what they want to do? And, and he said, yeah, yes and no. He says, someone who's older, who has had some life experience, can then look, reflect back on that life and say, wait a minute, this really wasn't, I didn't like the path I was on, and but I, I know that now. I've learned some lessons, and I can make a more, uh, more informed decision about the next path I want to take versus a younger person who doesn't have maybe the, the hardened life experiences, doesn't really know any better, and thus it's harder for them to make some of those kinds of decisions. Uh, I'm curious as to what you kind of think on that, because I guess what I'm really trying to get at is you can be at any age, I don't care if you're 70, and make a decision to simplify your life. And it's not just about removing stuff. It's it's about simplifying your focus on what's what's important. Speak to some of that if you can. I, I tell people that the the process of removing possessions helps you define your values and helps you define your purpose in ways that that, you, that is tough to experience without going through the process. And meanwhile, people who have too many possessions in their life, as I did for most of my life, um, have a harder time seeing clearly what what they want 
what they want to accomplish. And so, I mean, I think of my neighbors even as, I, as I'm, you know, sitting in my house now, and I, and I know that they, they're living their life, they're living their steady life. Maybe they're they know that their work isn't providing them fulfillment, but they can't picture anything else. They they can't picture receiving a a smaller paycheck. You know, just because this is my life and I have to care for all this stuff and I have to take care of it. But for me, the process of removing things forced me to say, what are my true passions and do I need to keep this to help me accomplish them or can I get rid of it to to free me up from that? And so the the young versus old, you know, when you're young, you have more freedom. You you haven't uh, amassed the the quantity of goods, and so I think you are a little more flexible with your life and can choose different paths a lot easier. But once you're older, you know, if you get set in your ways, you don't even start looking. You don't even consider that something else could be out there for you because you haven't even give your space, the give your mind the space or the freedom to to begin pursuing other options. Well, you know, I look at myself. Uh, I'm 43, and when I was in my 30s, uh, I was this young, up and coming professional, and I wanted. I wanted the status that came with the stuff and the cars. And I actually had three cars. I had a wife and and three and myself and three cars. I mean, it was you know, it was what 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 why did why was that something that was so? But I had golf clubs and and I had a dozen tennis rackets of different sizes and styles because it was just I thought it looked cool having that stuff hanging in my garage and just it was a status symbol and went through a very significant life change over the last several years. And honestly, I got rid of 95% of the, of the crap I had accumulated over, over a lifetime. To this day, I have friends that are like, I cannot believe you got rid of those golf clubs. And I said, I haven't missed them. I, I, if I ever need to play golf again, uh, you can rent sticks <laughs> anywhere you want to go, frankly. It, it's amazing because you felt guilty. Or why aren't I spent all this money on, on golf clubs, but I, I, don't, I never golf because I was busy trying to climb the ladder, you know, and, and, and he, I always felt bad. And, and just getting rid of those, just that alone, I, it was so freeing that I no longer felt the anxiety because I, I wasn't really a passionate golfer. I did it because all my friends were doing it, and that was what I thought a, a young corporate guy was supposed to do. That's a, probably a pretty typical example of, of how that can get in the, that bag of rocks off your shoulder when you get rid of stuff like that, right? Yeah, you know, and the golfing such a, a great example for you of it. It wasn't something that you were passionate about. It was just something that everyone else was doing. Uh, everyone else had golf clubs, so everyone else had three cars, you know, so so I'm going to have them too as opposed to intentionally really taking a look at, at your life and who you are and what you enjoy and saying, no, I, I don't have to own those just because everyone else is owning them. I can I can pursue something different and something new, something better, like tennis <laughs> rather than golf. I play tennis too, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, and, and that's – and I played tennis religiously for for many many years. It was very competitive. Played in a lot of tournaments, but it, it just it, at a certain stage of my life, it just became less important. And and now I'm focusing on running, you know, which is something that I am very passionate about. I bet you in five years I'm into something else. You know, you just never know. That's the whole point of this, though, is that you ought to remove all the stuff that isn't important, so that you can put your heart and soul into things that do matter. I want to ask you a question. I'm just curious as to your take on this. Uh, uh, there are a few folks, uh, and I'm thinking of, of 
three guys off the top of my head, Leo Babata, who I know you know, and then our, the, the, the minimalist fellows, Joshua Fields, Milburn, and Ryan Nicodemus, uh, they write a lot about not having goals. They say life is so much better without any goals. And I, and I think if I was to talk about that idea with most of the people I meet on the street, they would look at me very strangely. What is, what is your take on that idea? I have a harder time with that. I, I, I see where they're going with it in terms of, again, it's, a, it's another exercise in removing clutter, both physical and spiritual. But, but what is your take on this not having goals concept? My take on that, I, I'm a guy with goals. I, I, I have no problem uh, having goals and, and knowing things that I want to accomplish. I, I've always kind of wondered if it's a personality thing. You know, if I tend to be motivated by goals, uh, I think that it helps me stay focused and disciplined. And so I, I see value in them for myself. Um, there might be others that that um, that find more discipline in in not having goals, but yeah, I haven't quite bought into that view of life quite yet either. Well, I think I think there's a probably value in in narrowing the goals down to a few chosen very important goals. You could say, all right, I want to do these 27 things, in, you know, in my bucket list, if you will. That may not be realistic, but say, what are, or if I had to prioritize these 27 things I want to do, what would be the top three? And then that's what ought to be your goals, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I, and I think all of them would, would attest that they have things that they want to accomplish. I mean, things that they, they want to do. I even think of, I mean, myself with a blog. I mean, I, I have a goal. I, my desire is to influence as many people as I can to live with fewer possessions, and that that motivates me. It you know it gets me up to write and and send out newsletters and and books and connect with people and encourage them to do it. And I I think that you see the same thing in in their lives. They they would just define that a little bit differently. Joshua, we're about out of time, but I I want to ask you to do me one favor before we go. So let's let's picture a person who's maybe a little bit later in their life, maybe upper 40s, 50s, 60s, who is feeling very burdened by all these possessions and too many things going on, and, and they, they, would, they would benefit from a simpler life. What are, what are the first two or three things that person should do to, to begin to turn the tide to start living that more simple life? And two, answer that same question, but, but in alignment with the book, Living With Less, talk about it, how, how a young person can, can kind of aim their life towards one that's, that's, uh, that's, that's more simple. The, uh, the older person, I would, I would start with one incredibly simple step, and I, and I mean this honestly, completely. Sit down with a sheet of paper, Ask yourself this question, how would my life be better if I owned less stuff? And just start writing whatever comes to mind. Because no one ever asks us that question. We, we never consider how our life would be better if we owned less. We only think of how it would be better if we owned more. But when you get asked the question, the, the list comes pretty quickly. Oh, I'd, I'd have to clean less. I, you know, I wouldn't be in debt. I, uh, I'd have less stress. I'd have less stuff to manage. It would, the, the list comes. And as the list comes, you begin to see a new reality of what your life could look like. From there, I, I tell people just start as simple as possible. Um, people tend to jump to the most difficult thing. Yeah, but I don't think I could ever get rid of this or I don't think I could ever get rid of that and I say well I'm not telling you to get rid of this or get rid of that but 
surely you have things in your closet you don't need anymore. You got things all over your house that you don't need anymore. Start with the easy stuff, get rid of it, and as you do, uh, you'll begin to see your list come to life. You'll begin to see that it really is true. You'll find motivation to go forward in um, in removing possessions. Uh, young people, young people, I uh, same type of thing. They uh, again thinking through um, what do I want to accomplish with my life, and what do I need to get me there. Uh, they're, the disadvantage of, uh, of that age group is they, they don't have the, I've lived 15 years amassing possessions and I found that there really isn't any true joy in them. There really isn't any meaning in them. Um, so it's more of a, a little bit of a, trust me on this, there, there isn't more joy um, in owning three cars than uh, there is in just owning, in owning one. But they, I think they can picture and can ask the question of, what they most want to accomplish, and then are those excessive possessions really going to help me get there or just distract me from it? Outstanding. Joshua, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find the blog? You have a, a really, really good newsletter. Where can they get that? And then most importantly, where can they get their hands on on all three books, including the most recent, Living With Lust, An Unexpected Key to Happiness? Becomingminimalist.com is uh, kind of the, is the homepage. It's the, it's the home base. Uh, you can get to any of those things from there. Uh, the newsletter has been fun, just um, intentionally uniting people who want to encourage others to uh, find simplicity. So I've enjoyed kind of um, you know helping helping people think through how to how to help others experience this life. Uh, there's links to all the books on the on the website as well, and but that's the certainly the best place to to find me, and and uh, would encourage everyone to do so. Thanks so much. Joshua Becker, author of the of the book Living with Less, an unexpected key to happiness. It was as always great to connect with you. Thanks for making the time to join me. You are very welcome, Todd. Always a pleasure. All right. Well that wraps this show. On behalf of my guest, Joshua Becker, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time.